Good morning. You're not at the Me Church, okay? Let me just go ahead and assure you of that. It's not all about you. This morning, we are in our new series called God is Bigger Than. You probably already guessed that. Well, today, God is bigger than me being selfish. We are servants is kind of a subtitle. You know, this selfish thing, I've been studying it for a long time. Actually, I came to the planet, like you, selfish. I've told this story before, but if you want to see selfish people, look in the mirror and you see yourself. Go over to the nursery, and I always tell this story about they don't like to share goldfish with me. I don't know what it is. They just like, get your own, man. You know, hey, don't eat my goldfish. And we just like to say, mine, mine, mine. Selfish, selfish, selfish. But it doesn't reflect the kingdom of God. It doesn't reflect the heart of Jesus as we do that. I've got a couple things here. You might be selfish if you have a difficult time letting someone else have the remote control, man. That's it. I, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I don't like for Donna to have the remote control, okay? I'm just, I'm a little selfish with it, but I'm trying to die to that. You pick up the last piece of chicken, you take a bite out of it, and you go, hey, does anybody else want anything? Or, hey, dessert. You ever see that? There's one piece and you chew on it, and you're like, no, nah, man, dude, you just go ahead and have it. Your favorite song is, I did it my way? Oh, yeah. You have a lifetime subscription to Self Magazine? All about self, man. And when I watch that video, I've seen it several times, and in this, it, it's comical, but in, in of how he makes fun, there's some seriousness. Have you ever noticed that sometimes when we joke, there's truth? Yeah, and some of you are like, well, yeah, I kind of thought about me, but let's move on. Hey, you know you're selfish if you rush to be the number one person in the funeral possession line. Procession, procession, okay? You want, you want to be first. I mean, that's not reserved for you, okay? But maybe this morning, if you're a baby, if you're a teenager, if you're a child, if you're an adult, if you're male, if you're female, did I cover everybody? You're selfish. I don't want you to raise your hand. But has anybody lately said, you are, let's do it again. You are, have you heard that? Now, some of you are very selfless and you die to yourself really well. You're crucified that Christ exalts himself through you. We see more of Christ than we do you. And that's a beautiful thing for the body of Jesus. Some of us have modes where we are pretty selfless, and then we move into being self-absorbed, and I'll talk about marriage in a little bit, but let's just continue to move on here. The fact is, every one of us is selfish at some time about something. The essence of sin is selfishness, that I want it my way. I want to be in charge. I want to be in control. I want to be the center of my universe, of my life. Not this Jesus thing, not him being Lord. I hear this all the time. I don't even think it's good theology. I got Jesus as my Savior. I just want Jesus to be my Savior. Well, there's a lot of scriptures talks about, you know, Lord, didn't I prophesy? Didn't I cast out demons in your name? Depart from me. I never knew you. I tell you, there's something about lordship. And the church said, it's about following Jesus. It's a relationship. And I beg you that relationship all the time. Here's when you know you're selfish. You, um, you know, you, you go out shopping on Black Friday and you knock people down because, you know, you're going to get the deal, right? Or you aggressively compete to get ahead in every situation because, of course, life's all about you. It's all about me. And, man, that didn't bring much honor. I was looking at the Old Testament and I was thinking about Abraham. He lied one time about his wife being his sister because he wanted to save his own life. He was being selfish. Achan, over in the book of Joshua, 
He wanted to take the loot down there at Jericho because he wanted it for himself. He didn't want to share it, and then he lied about it, and he hid it in the camp, and that brought devastation on the camp. All through Old and New Testament, you see people that are selfish, and you see that sin is at the heart of it. I want you to write down a word. It's not going to come up on the screen. The word is aretha, uh, aretheia, E-R-I-T-H-E-I-A, E-R-I-T-H-E-I-A, aretheia. It's the Greek word for being selfish, for being self-absorbed, for being one that you want to act on your own behalf, for your own gain. Uh, heck, you don't care if discord or if something else happens, you just want it your way and you want it quick. That's what it means biblically to be selfish. There's this, there's this bitter fruit all through Scripture that I've been reading. And a lot of it says, and this leads to a selfish lifestyle. This is selfish ambition. All through Scripture, we see this behavior. And, and God just says, I command, I say when you're selfish, you're evil. Write down these verses. Galatians 5.20 and Romans 2.8. And we read there that the wrath of God, the judgment of God, awaits for those that are selfish. In James chapter 3, that's not our main text, but 3, 14 through 16, he begins to talk about this selfish, ambitious, evil person. That they are self-seeking, They even in the name of religion, they, they want to make themselves look good. Philippians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul speaking, verse 3 and 5, he says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. All, all through Scripture, old and new alike, you, you see that God speaks to this about people, y'all are just selfish. You, you just want your own way. I mean, we're characterized about it. To be selfish, here it is. Write this down if you want a definition of being selfish. Selfishness is when I'm full of myself. And I don't have space or margin for Jesus, much less for his rule and his kingdom leadership in my life. I, I want to be in charge. And yet, what I want to say to us is the other side of being selfish is being a servant. And this weekend, I'm trying to set it up because in a couple of weeks, we're going to have Commitment Sunday here and some other things happening on September the 8th. It's also our 17th anniversary as a church. It's going to be a really big day. You don't want to miss it. But this morning, I wanted you to begin to contemplate and pray in your daily times with the Lord and with talking with other believers about how am I going to serve Jesus Christ this year? At work? At home? And yes, here I have the charge to challenge you how you're going to serve Jesus Christ here at church. I just want to say we have some amazing servants that are taking care of your kids. There's a children's worship service going next, uh, uh, next door to us. It's an amazing event. All the things that have happened this morning... For this service to happen, people have been serving. They've been serving with joy. They've been serving with good attitudes. So they, they understand this verse somewhere. They, they've embraced to be servants rather than being served. Servanthood over selfishness. You know, you're like, well, man, is that the deepest truth you've got? Well, this is pretty deep. And if I practice it and you practice it, the world sees a difference. They see a church fully devoted to Jesus. They see a husband or a father. We'll, we'll move into that. Uh, Andy Stanley did a series several years ago, and I love the icon. It was a little eye, you know, like for iPad, iPod, whatever. It was a little eye, and it was eye marriage, but little eye. And a good marriage always revolves around when there's a little bit of I, a little bit of me, a little bit of you, and a whole bunch of Jesus. You should have said amen. I just set you up. You didn't even help me out. Okay. 
But a good, a good relationship, a good marriage is a little I. Oh, that's right. Thank you. A lot less us and a lot more of him. And that's what God's striving for in our hearts. And yet we know what it is. Like, well, I don't know. I, I want it to be about me. I, I tell couples this in marriage counseling. When they come in to see me for premarital, ah, we just love each other so much. And they just hold hands and it's gross. And, ah, and they, they sit in each other's lap and they just they look at each other like they glazed or been on drugs or something. It's just it's sick, man. Oh, he's gonna, she's going to walk down the aisle for me. It's all beautiful. It is. It's gorgeous. About a year, five years later, ten years later, they come into my office. He sits down here. She sits way down there. I don't even like him. I don't like her either. Well, here's what I've learned. Somebody became self-absorbed. They made it all about them. And I don't do this as well as I want to. Maybe you don't either. So this morning, it's about Jesus increasing, and it's about more Jesus and less of us, not being selfish, but being servants. When we serve our mates, when we serve our families, when we serve our church, when we serve our community, when we serve whoever, man, God shows up. This, this dominant thought, look right there in the middle of your page. When we begin to live for God, our selfish lifestyle is replaced by a lifestyle of servanthood. Every time. When I just go, Lord, I want to live for you. I want my life to count. I want it to be more than it's been in the past, Lord. Now let's turn to the main text today. I want you to open your Bibles to the book of James. Maybe you flipped over a minute ago to chapter 3. We're going to chapter 4. James 4, 1 through 4. Most practical book of the New Testament. Just an amazing book. I've talked through it, I think, twice in 17 years. and I love reading this book because it's easy to understand. It's hard to do. And I want you to stand because I want to I read these verses from God's holy word. So in honor of God's word today, we just want to stand. and Y'all need to stretch. You're like you're getting a little sleepy. I'm putting some of you to sleep. Okay, James 4, 1 through 4. Let's hear God's word, read it from the New Living Translation. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires that war within you? And you want you don't have, you want what you don't have, so you scheme to kill and get it. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And when and even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure? You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. There's a war going on right now in the heavenlies, in this room, and in our hearts. And it's about who will be Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. He wants to be exalted. He can be seated. Now, we looked at this passage here. Just, you know, you're like, man, you're kind of, kind of setting us up here right at the very top. It says, for everyone who looks out for his own interests, but not those of Jesus Christ. And Philippians, Apostle Paul says. They're always looking out for everything else, but not the affairs of Jesus. See, as, as a minister, as a pastor, as one of your pastors here, that's my job is to look out for the flock of God. And it's your job to look out for one another. It's your job to look out for me and for one another. And we serve and we look out for the interests of other people. And when we're more concerned about them, and the church is better. And right now, Fred and Jessica are walking through a tough road. But have you thought about it already? When I walk back in the room, just checking the pulse spiritually of the room, wow. Spirit of God was so alive in every zone. There were people who were guests today. I've seen many of you. I hadn't seen all of you. And they were crying. They are like, wow, what have we walked into? But some people were found out, man, people care about one another here. 
So you know what we get to do over the next three months, six months, whatever Jessica goes through? We get to demonstrate the love of Jesus. How cool is that, church? Church, is that awesome? We get to be the body of Christ to Fred and Jessica as they walk through this thing with a faith family because we support and we love one another. And we want to say, Fred and Jessica, you're not alone. You have a family. I'm passionate about that, man. You're saying, well, I don't want to be a part of a family. I want to be a part of a crowd. There's plenty of churches, let me just tell you. I can get you lost in a crowd. God started telling me the other day, he says, I want you to start celebrating. It's not what you thought it was going to be. It's been a lot of transition in 17 years, but you're a family and you're intimate and you can be passionate for one another and you can love the Lord Jesus with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and I will be glorified in the midst of that. So bring it on. And that's what we're doing. So we look out for one another and we don't want to be me-centered. Galatians 5, 19 through 21, it begins to... Uh, display begins to share these things that people are doing and they and one of them says and selfish ambition they're they're selfish these people will not inherit the kingdom of god that got my attention huh if i'm selfish if i have a selfish ambition he he puts it in the category with the sexual immoral impurity debauchery idolatry witchcraft hatred discord jealousy fits of rage dissensions factions envy drunkenness orgies and selfish ambition? How many of you think we ought to write that one out of there and go, well, certainly not. I think he messed up. No, God was pretty serious about it. His word's infallible. He says, Keith, don't place yourself on the throne. When you do, you're selfish. Write down, write down this comment. It won't come up on the screen. Selfishness reveals its true face when it's hard for us to give away something. See? What are you willing to give away? Are you willing to give away your time? Are you willing to give away your spiritual gifts? Are you willing to give away your possessions? Are you willing to give? I mean, I only ask for 10%. I mean, I'm, man, God, you could have said, hey, I want 30%. That's what they did in the Old Testament. Hey, I want 90%. He wants us all. But he's just like, hey, I want you to give. You know, you'll never part with any money. Or you won't part with your possessions voluntarily. Your selfishness, greed, has taken a hold on you. This morning, I submit this. Let's surrender it to Jesus and see what he can do with it. Here's what I know he'll do with it. He'll multiply what you give. He'll bless. I told some people the other day, we're blessed for one reason, according to Genesis, to be a blessing. That's the only reason Don and I have the blessings we have, that we can be a blessing to you and to others. And while you have blessings, that you can bless others. Do you get it now, church? You're saying, but I thought it was about me being the only blessing. No, man, it's about us being blessed, that we can bless the world, we can bless others. And he says here in this passage in James, he says there's fights and there are quarrels, and they're not external things, it's an internal, it's the inner desire. There's these desires, and these selfish desires always lead to wrong actions. I've learned that about me. When I'm consumed with self, with me, that leads to sin, to wrong acts, to disobedience. God says, I want you to die this morning. So let's look here. It's a, it's a simple outline today. And I know some of you look like, wow, man, Pastor, that's kind of cool. I, I, I'm drawing today, okay? Although, you know, today something happened. Pre-service, I came in, and I saw something that was quite different. There were a row of elementary kids on about the, you know, several rows back, and nobody had crayons and pencils and markers. They all had iPads and iPhones, and they were just, you know, in their own world. I went, wow, church has changed, hadn't it? Okay. Look at this, fill it in, selfish pleasures. 
According to this passage in James, he says they have selfish passage. And relationship problems always start when we focus on self. And I've been trying to drive that point because I know a lot about it, and maybe you do, and you can join me. But a good marriage can't coexist with selfishness. We have to die. The, the, the Christian life, following Jesus, is about death, that we might have life. It's about death, that we might have resurrection. That is the hope that I celebrate every day when I rise. Jesus Christ, you are the resurrection for my soul and for my life and for my heart and for my mind. I trust in you, resurrection. You give hope. You give life. Jesus, you give meaning. Jesus, you give purpose. But, you know, we all want answers, and we want somebody to figure it out. We want somebody to care about us. And I just wrote it down. Selfishness is the root cause of many broken hearts. This morning, if you're unhappy and you have a broken heart, it could be because you're selfish and you haven't decided to give your life away. I remember when I was a new believer, somebody says, Keith, you've got to give your your life away. If you want to find your life, you've got to be willing to give it away, Jesus said. And, when you, and, and y'all, so many of you do this so well, and, and, and you give, and you make Christ the center, and, and you serve in capacities, and you don't whine when you serve, and you don't tell me you're serving, you don't tell people, you just serve, and, and you serve with compassion, and you serve with humility, and you serve with joy, and you make it look like fun, and you can't wait to get here. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. See, Jeff and I come to serve, and we're thrilled, but we work here. And Blake, he works here, and Chrissy, and, and different, and LB, and different. We get to work here, and yet we want to come, we want to leave, we want to be an example. But I'm going to tell you, my greatest example is you. I want to tell you, you're my heroes. Can I just tell you that, church? I love you, church. This church will never exist without everybody doing their meaningful part. So commitment Sunday's coming, September 8th. Those volunteer books are out there, and I'm hoping you're going. I'm going to get one then. I'm not even a member. I want to serve. Uh, that verse you read still haunting me about selfish ambition. I, I don't want to get on that one. I want to go to heaven. Hey, that's good. You know, it's God's work. Here it is. Selfishness. A slow-flowing poison that erodes, burns, and sears the bonds of relationships. Here's what I've learned. Love gives. Write this down. This is good. Love give, gives and selfishness takes. Love always gives and selfishness always takes. What's in it for me? And Jesus just says, what can you give away? So Jesus has a lot of room for us to to die that he can live and not manipulate people. And sometimes selfishness just lies in insecurity. I understand. You're insecure and you think if you give that away, that'll make you less secure. Well, that's just been deception of the enemy. Don't be manipulated by him. he's He's a cunning deceiver. The Romans, right now, 12, 3, he talks about think more we think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. Jesus said, think more highly of others that are made in the image of Jesus Christ. You know, if we're not careful, we can abuse one another, and that doesn't bring any honor to God. And, you know, like uh, if you want compatibility or oneness in your marriage, I think, I think you got to learn how to serve them. And I, I think that's one of the beautiful pictures of marriage is that God shows us to serve one another. Many of you in this room are married, and you know the marriage is good when you serve. And the marriage is not good when you become self-absorbed and uh, you go, would you meet my needs? Would you meet my needs? Meet my needs. And they're like, well, how about my needs? So become more concerned about meeting their needs and maybe your needs will get met and Christ will be honored. Just, just a marriage tip, just a thought as I think about it. Look at the second one here. So selfish pleasures. Do we have their selfish passions? Number two, 
So there, there's many, it's what I've really been talking about, there's just passions that we have that are in our hearts. Maybe they're from God, maybe they aren't. I like the ones that are God-centered. But selfish, well, selfish passions are never from God. Our selfish passions are, are from ourselves, from our own flesh that wars, that it, it wants and it doesn't have. The Bible we read, it, it doesn't ask. And, and then it finally, it does ask, but it asks with wrong motives, which leads me to the third point, selfish prayers. Have you ever prayed a selfish prayer? Well, pastor, I have no problem asking. I ask God every night when I go to bed. I ask him when I get up in the morning. I ask him when I have my meal. I ask, I ask, I ask. Well, well that's, that's good. What are you asking? Is it the right motive? Is it a pure motive? Is it a God-honoring motive? And if it's not, then maybe it's why your prayers are, you know, unexamined prayers are about satisfying ourselves many times. And it, this, is a, this is kind of a, it, it's a very hard message to preach. Because I feel like I'm just so exposed to y'all out here on this platform. Because I deal with this selfishness every day. You're like, well, pastor, you're shaping and conforming to the image of Christ. I am, and I'm not who I used to be, but I'm still selfish. And the truth is, if I went up down the road today and, we, and I spent some time with you, I'd probably go, wow, you're selfish too. <laughs> and you know what's scary? We'll just compare ourselves and go, well, I ain't like him. At least I ain't like her. You know, let's just talk about her. Well, that's called gossip. And, you know, Jesus ain't real big on that one either. But, we'll, but if we'll just go, Jesus, you're selfless. You're sacrificial. You gave it all. You want me to give my all to you. So, Jesus, I, I want to put some other people first. I love the examples right here as people serve one another. Right now, as we're talking about, we're going to get to serve each other this year. And so, servant, I hope this will come up on the screen. Servanthood is better than selfishness. I want you to write that down. Servanthood is always better than selfishness. And if you always want to come into the service and go, I want it all to be about me, all about me, didn't you love it when they said, Hey, the church will start when I get there? No, it ain't either. Hey, if I got a screaming baby, everybody else leave because I'm not. No. You need to take them out. we got a great nursery. We've even got a, 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 a cry room right through there. I can see. I mean, I can't see in, so don't. Everybody's like, I ain't going in that room no more. I cannot see in that room back there, okay? Everybody just turn around and look in that corner. That is like the coolest room. I've only seen that in a Catholic church that I went to a funeral one day. I did. That's where I got the idea, okay? There's nothing original, nothing new under the sun. That's what Ecclesiastes says. And I was there one day, and I thought, man, that is so cool. One day we're going to have a cry room. When we did this renovation in 2010, I said, can we put a cry room in the back? Some people thought. You're a fool. And Chrissy said, man, I think that'll work good. And she got these really nice rockers. And I go back there. Matter of fact, my friend right now, Terry List, is either out there or he's sitting in there. He calls it the overflow room. He's waiting for you to join it. <laughs> and in that room, moms can go and they can take their crying kids, unattentive kids, hungry kids, whatever, and they can watch the screen or they can choose not to watch it and they can listen to the service. And the church said... Yeah, isn't that cool? I don't know how I worked that in, but here we go. All right, here we go. So it's good. It's helpful. Let, let's move through this. Will it be servanthood? Will it be selfishness in our homes, in our hearts, in our marriage? Romans 6, 16. Listen to this verse. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, it leads to death or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. Jesus just calls us to be slaves to holiness, to righteousness, to serve him. And that's his choice. And, and in those volunteer notebooks, they're, they're all out front. I mean, to bring it in here. It's got a red cover. 
It'll just give you options and places to pray about and to serve. And, and we, have, we have needs. I mean, especially in children's ministry and nursery. It's just, when you got a young church, you're always going to have needs there. And there's other needs. That's not the only thing there. we got a lot of things we need people to do to serve the body of Christ. But those are ones that are always, we talk about every week at staff meeting, that there's, there's opportunities. I love that word. There's opportunities to serve Jesus. Some of you already told me this morning, Man, I love serving our kids. Some of you have told me this. It's the only hug I get all week. I get the biggest smile there from those little kids. And sometimes they bite you. I understand. That's kind of cool. Okay. I mean, our kids, I think, did they bite a little bit when they were little? I think one of them did. I'll leave her nameless. And, um, yeah, and I, hey, don't be laughing at me. Your kids bite too. I've seen people walk out and they got marks and, and we, we give people shots before they go in there. It's all, your kids are sanitary. It's all good. All right. I'm just teasing. Romans 14, 7 and 8. For none of us lives to himself alone, and none of us dies to himself alone. If we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Amen? And right now, check out, everybody in this room is living. How cool is that? Nobody's dead right now. Everybody's breathing and looking at me. I wish what I just did that Jeff will extrapolate. That's a good word. I've been wanting to use that for a long time. I hope Jeff will take that out, that clip I just said, and play it at my resurrection service. Because it'll be hilarious. You'll be laughing like he's a fool in death, but he was a fool for Christ. Amen? Take yourself too serious. Here you go. So we live to Christ. Philippians 2, 1 through 5. i got to move on, but it just says, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if you have any comfort from his love, any fellowship with the Spirit, any tenderness, compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. But do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not look onto his own interest, but to the interest of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Attitude transformation by the Spirit of Christ. I was reading a story about Joe Stoll. Joe Stoll has one of those voices that I've coveted. Oh, he, was a, he used to be the president of Moody Bible Church and uh, MBN and all this stuff, and he's got some college that he's over now. He, he just has a great voice. I mean, I just... I don't know, sometimes people have voices. I'm like, ah, I wish I had a voice like that. And some of you are like, yeah, we wish you had a voice like that too. Okay, anyway, but here's the deal. He told this story about this guy. This guy was 85 years old, and he always went to Kroger supermarket. He went there all the time. He just loved Kroger, loved to go in there. But this story talks about this guy was cantankerous on his best day. In other words, he was a geezer, okay? And he was bossy, and he was tough. And one day he made a comment to the employee. I want to I quote it. He remarked to the female employee, you could stand to lose a little weight, dear. I'm sure that really went over good. And he was always, he went in, he was rude, and he was obnoxious. But they had meetings daily about whatever his name was when he came in. They said, we want to be kind to him. We want to be kind to him. And they were always kind, even when he made fun of their bodies or their job performance. This guy was just crusty. Have you ever met anybody like that? If your wife's hitting you, you're in trouble. Okay, here we go. He died. Somebody said, wait, God, what was coming? No, no, that's not the point of the story. He died. And the Kroger employees began receiving distribution checks of $10,000 each. So he was a pretty feisty old man. So if anybody wants to be rude to me and send me a $10,000 check, come forward, okay? 
But he started, but he, his estate sent checks to people because Kroger store was really the church. These employees, not Christians necessarily, they were kind and compassionate to this old tough man. And I thought, what should the church of the living Christ be like? It should be a place of oasis when people that have come in, they're beat up by the world, they're crusty, they're hard to get along with, they got attitudes. I don't know, life has gone south, and we are gracious, and we are kind, and it honors Jesus. Isn't that the kind of church you want to have, church? Come on, yeah. And some of you are like, that's the church for me. Because I'm that crusty old guy. I know, I already know. I, already got, I, got, I got some of your names written down right here. No, I don't. It's a great story, isn't it? And it just makes me think about selfish, servanthood. So this morning, we get to be kind. We get to think of others. We get to uh, not fall prey to selfishness. We get to have intentional acts of kindness that blesses the name of Jesus Christ. Kindness makes us like God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. God, give us kind hearts. Give us hearts that will honor you this morning. I could give you through all kind of verses. John 13, he says, I'll give you an example. Follow me. And he's washing feet. And on and on, we could go through all the scriptures, but basically I've run out of time. But I just want to tell you, we can submit to stinginess, selfishness, or we can submit to the sovereign king and say, Lord, I want to follow you. I want to go after you. So let us declare war on selfishness in our hearts. Write that down. Let us declare war this morning on selfishness in our hearts. And God will be honored in the house and in the faith family called Christ Community because we make him more and we make us less. Lord, I want you to be the focus. My life is not made by the things I own and the treasures I have in this life, but my life is made by my faithfulness to Christ. And emptying myself that Christ might fill me, that the Holy Spirit might come and fill. Holy Spirit, wash over this room, flood this room with healing, with power with joy, and with Christ-likeness. God, do that for us today. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you for this morning for an incredible faith family that Don and I have the honor of serving called Christ Community Church. We love this place, oh God, because your spirit dwells here when people come. So who's going to win today? Is it going to be the people that are selfish? Or the people that look out for one another. The dominant thought is when we begin to live for God, our selfish lifestyle is replaced by a lifestyle of servanthood. Jesus, we want to live for you. So right now, in your heart, will you just cry out to Jesus? Jesus Christ, work in me, shape me, deliver me from myself, deliver me from selfishness. Defend me, Lord Jesus, on that day. But today I will declare you, Jesus, as Lord of my life. I will declare you in the morning as Lord. I want to declare you as Lord all the days of my life, Lord Jesus. You are the perfect sacrifice. 
I trust in your blood and righteousness. Amen.